And I think to to your point, what we would like always to see on them, for me, is the attitude. Again, if someone has a good attitude, I know that person is going to be good at facing any challenges that you're going to be giving them. They're going to go probably above and beyond to just keep moving. Welcome to the What is UX podcast, the show where we interview design leaders about their journey and experience so that you may learn from them. I'm your host, Peck Pompat. Good afternoon, if you're listening to this in the afternoon. And on this episode, we have Ana Lara from Cisco. She's the lead UX designer of customer experience leading uh, an application. Previously at T-Mobile, senior UX manager, for digital customer experience. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's all mine, believe me. So tell us a bit about, you know, you're, you're new to Cisco, so you're probably still kind of, you know, if you could give us a sense of what the work looks like there, but also you were at T-Mobile for many years. So what were some of the things that you did over at T-Mobile as well? Yeah, totally. So I've been with Cisco for the past three months, has been a positive experience so far. So we're bringing a mobile experience and just making sure that that's catered for our users, right? And knowing what is going to be meaningful for them moving forward. So that's what I've been doing, Cisco. And then at T-Mobile, yes, I was there for six years. Also great journey. I started as a UX designer and my last... Uh, role was more like strategist manager was really a really good experience there I was um, leading an application Uh, they have an app called Timol Tuesdays it's a loyalty app so I was a lead there for three years and we had the great results uh, a lot of growth and then I was trying to orchestrate more like the app portfolio around Timol they have a lot of applications and at the end I was a in leading a team of strategies to making sure we understand we understood the end-to-end customer journey not specific like touch point but like across like how do they move from you know retail care and like going on app or web and having a deeper understanding uh, i understand that some of the apps you worked on won some awards and, and you yourself won some recognition at t-mobile for for the work that you did so tell us more about that yeah, sure. Which one do you want to start first? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what the 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 T-Mobile Tuesdays? So, yeah, what what industry yeah. awards did you did you get? Did, yeah. Did you get? So, just to give some context again, that application goes every Tuesday. We give or we used to give. Well, it exists. <laughs> I feel like talking present uh, present tense. We give free free stuff to users or like discounts. So every Tuesday is like a surprise, right? Like you can see what's coming and you can get your products. So I was actually returning for my maternity leave at that moment. So it was starting with this this new team. It was the app was already there for like the first year, I think, and they were trying to improve the MVP. But I felt that the app could do even more. Uh, and I have that opportunity to bring more user experience centric because it was more marketing centric. So how did we got after like two years to win an award? You know, it's hard work, it's dedication. Um, it is building a team, right? So probably finding the right 
the right people, right? To have a good UX designers, motion designers to not just feel the app that it's flat, but it's like also giving that sense of emotion and connection with the user. Research was key. So before joining, we had like one or two research research reports, right? And then it was for me bringing, I think I brought more like 50 reports <laughs> back, just partnering with research and like everything, every single feature that we launched was tested. And that was very, very important. And the team really appreciated that insight because it was not just from the business perspective, it's like what the users need and very detailed, right? So sometimes we went like too nitty gritty. We also in, uh, launched uh, A-B testing capabilities into the app. So we were able to like, you know, try one thing versus the other and make sure which one resonated best with the user. Sometimes you have to make some compromises with the business, right? But making sure that we provide that and that really helped. And the app work, right? Like at least that's the primary purpose. Like your app works, like it doesn't crash it. Like that was also part of the team culture that we created with the development team, with the design team. It was like working together. I love that we were like more like a family. So it was like everyone was helping everyone. So at the end, the results were clear, right? Like making, so also trying to make sure that we track that success and we could tell that story. So after that, we got probably like 11 awards, um, wow. user experience, even like the art that we created in inside the app. We have a great art director, DT. <laughs> and, what was uh, some of these industry yeah. awards? Uh yeah, so it was the W3 Awards, and then we also have the M MMA Smarties. Again, we, we come with like a very heavy marketing background, but, you know, we were able to, to get there into platinum, silver, uh, gold. <laughs> uh, we, we won a couple of them. Got it. And you yourself won uh, an internal award, right, at T-Mobile for, for this yeah. work? So tell us yeah. about that. So... And this is like the interesting piece uh, where I make make connection with this maternity, uh, my maternity leave, right? So I was coming back from my maternity leave at that moment. So even if I can go back, back, I had a really rough pregnancy and the I was just converted as an FT. So I was like, okay, I just was converted and then I feeling terrible. I wasn't able to hold food for like 20 hours. Like it was really, really rough. I had a good di you know, director that was supporting me and at that moment letting me work from home because that was not a thing. I'm trying my best to to be there. But you know, I, I saw like everyone that was with me at that moment, like continue going and getting projects and getting involved and visibility. And I was like, I cannot just like I cannot think, right? I was just like trying to survive. And then coming back from my maternity, I was like, okay, I don't think my team might feel like feel that I am capable. I don't know. It was more like an internal thing. And, and another moment, what I what I tried to do is like, you know, re work really hard. I was so lucky to be in a team and in a project that I really feel passionate about. I think that's a key piece. Like you the more passionate you feel about a product or a project, I think you're going to show it in your work. So it was, I was extremely excited to work with them. It wasn't easy. I had to just, you know, I was still not sleeping through the night. Probably I slept through the night after like 10 months. My daughter was really hard. So it was like going in the behind the scenes, right? Nobody sees that. But as like, I was like going right. to the maternity room go three times a day, you know, cleaning bottles after coming to work, trying to stay like longer with my daughter. 
at night, like keeping up with the work. And obviously, because I, I really, I was passionate and I really wanted a good work. I'm detail oriented and I want things to be polished and in good quality. So, you know, I was harsh <laughs> sometimes on me, on myself. But after that year, I got nominations from my peers. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I was not even expecting that. And I was like, another one, another one. And then I realized like how much work I have provided to the. Then my leadership <clears throat> selects like also who wins the award. And it's really cool because you get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, nice. So, yeah. So one day I was like, um, hey, we have a meeting. And I just went to, um, uh, to the area where the meeting was. And like all my team was there holding a pineapple you know uh, <laughs> I won I won the award so that was like incredible and I think it meant even more for me because at that moment I doubted right like am I doing the right thing um is it good for like for my family is it not a, or like I don't know it was like a lot of sacrifices and I think you know at, the, at that moment was rewarding to get the that award so I I went to Hawaii and you know had a really fun time. <laughs> yeah. In in terms of, you know, a lot of times this does not get talked about, but uh, I like to cover, you know, real life events, like life happens when you're at work and, and you had a particularly difficult uh, pregnancy and maternity. You mentioned that you had a good director who was very empathetic. What other support systems did you have that enabled you to also be able to do both things really well? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it, you're. I have been learning right for the past years uh, how to balance and how do I, you know, continue being a, a successful professional while not leaving my family away. And if I feel that I'm missing some time with them, how do we calculate like my time and my energy? So that's really important what you mentioned about the supporting system unfortunately like not not everywhere you will find that support so at least on my end I had you know my in-laws living closer with us so they help with the kid and then obviously having my husband you know involved into the daily task right I don't know I, I have seen like different sort of backgrounds from different people and I know things are shifting and changing and now men get involved into more of the household things or the you know just getting involved with kids but it's always like a slow transition so I think that's gonna be for me moving forward right like having him also supporting me in my career with our kid it's gonna be um I think key. The the other thing is at work, having also the culture and maybe from like a UX perspective, we get like a lot of younger designers, right? So sometimes you don't find people that are probably like other parents, <laughs> but when you have other friends, like you can understand each other and having like leaders that you know, are empathetic and they understand like outside of work, we have like a life <laughs> and it's first like, it's first your health, right? You, you have your family and then you have work. And I think that's one of the things that I love about Cisco right now. They do a really good job of um, trying to push everyone to remember that like, hey, you have these priorities, work is one of them, but you have to be a healthy human being. 
I, I really appreciate that. And, and uncovering stories like these, you know, as I would say, as a male manager and leader, you know, it's good to have your perspective. And if anyone who is managing people, managing other designers who may be able to relate or understand the situation, I think having stories like these really help people become more empathetic. And if I, if, if I can uh, help one manager be more empathetic to, you know, their, their direct report who's pregnant and having a difficult pregnancy, I think that, you know, we've achieved our goal here. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. And I think one of the takeaways that I also uh, have from that experience too is sometimes like it's the pressure is even on us, like, okay, how do I overcompensate? We're like, okay, I've been absent for like a year, right? In my case, because of the pregnancy and then the baby. And then you feel like you're falling behind. And sometimes it's us giving us that pressure, but also how does uh, the society and also your uh, design team or like your leadership could help you boost right like okay your career is like okay don't worry like we understand that you're here but that won't affect your performance that won't affect your bonus right like your promotions because then you're saying like okay my promotions might be like behind or you know but that could be also us as women right like okay we're also having that pressure but i think it really helps that there's a system that helps you grow in that in those areas well and even to your point i think you know more and more companies are offering paternity leave and and some mm -hmm. you know some places it's it's you know very much required so i think you know society in general is trending towards more more awareness and more more empathy towards just having a family outside of you know like right and, and recognizing that and I, and i have that opportunity my husband had like a good paternity leave it was yeah. like three months so it was like yeah that's that was great perfect that's great. yeah yeah so tell us where you're from and how you got started and what did you study and, and how you got into design yeah that's a great question so i'm from mexico city and i studied industrial design in iberoamericana university which is one of the best universities in in latin america i could tell you especially in design and architecture. Funny, I my dad is an architect and I'm coming from a family of artists too. So I was always intrigued by, you know, even as a kid, like pencil colors, I was attracted to those things. And just kind of the influence with my dad, I was attracted to industrial design. It was good five years. And then after I finished, I got married and I moved to the US. And it was like, you know, at that moment, I couldn't see what was coming but it was almost after the recession of 2010 uh well 20 yeah you know th those yeah. moments like it was like yeah. the economy was not doing great so it wasn't starting as a very I didn't have enough experience like work experience and my work experience was in Mexico so when I was trying to find a job opportunities I realized that where they were like almost or few industrial design opportunities and not for just someone that's on an entry level. So I struggled, I was like, okay, trying to find, find something and nothing was moving. And at that moment, UX was, you know, at least I, I moved to Seattle. So it was like big, a big thing happening. And at that moment, smartphones were starting to bloom, right? I think the iPhone was like 20, um, 
I don't remember, but it was like around that time with yeah, around iPhones were yeah. 2010, right? Like blooming. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? So the first thing was, okay, in those, like, what does industrial design has in correlation with UX? And the more that I was reading, I realized that it was just a different uh, area, right? Like my basis as a designer were the same and we were like using the same uh, structures and processes. So for instance, like if you have mock, right? So I was designing a table and I had to create a mock-up of that table and have a user sitting and like, you know, maybe you create like a cardboard or whatever and you have it to see the ergonomics and everything. It was the same thing that you can translate into a UX where you have a mock-up in your phone and like a user can try it out. So it was like, okay, I could resemble and see the connection between those two things. So I started, okay, where do I start? Like UX. <laughs> there was almost like nothing out there. Like today you have so many resources to learn. I think it was just starting. So a couple of books that I could like gather and like read them. And then it was like, okay, I need to learn some coding because, you know, especially at the beginning, it was like, oh, you're a unicorn. Like you can like, <laughs> do the coding and the design. And, you know, still like in the startup world, it's kind of common. So I multitask and it was like self taught, like coding, uh, reading books. Uh, and then I have a few friends that were at that moment working with uh, Microsoft. They were developing these Windows 7 applications that they like, Microsoft just launched uh, their phones. So I was like working with them to see like learning, right? Like the UX world. Um, and also I started volunteering on a foundation named Starlight Children's Foundation, where they were giving like good experiences and happy experience with for kids that were chronically ill and their families. And that I was doing design with them. So I was like, okay, maybe this gives me in the US some experience. And it actually was great. And it was the most rewarding job that I have ever done. And there I met someone, <laughs> a, that, a really good friend. And she connected me with her husband that was working at, at an agency. And I was like, hey, it's my resume. And nothing happened, right? And after a year, they they called me. It's like, hey, we want to interview you. And I was doing more of the UX work at that moment. So it was like a fit. And then finally, after two years, like I was able to land in my first UX role. So oh, that that's was- amazing. Well, you you had to start with very little resources and you self-taught and you became a UX designer, which is sort of like a two-year journey as an from an industrial designer. Yeah, and it took took, yeah, a year and then and then another year from the search so that's i think that's for people who just graduated boot camps i think one message is like it's you know sometimes it takes time and your portfolio may not be enough because you're there's so many boot camp graduates or even just even if you're just graduated out of a legitimate school it's you're competing with all the other people that just graduated with exactly. you exactly and um, uh, yeah and there's right now i admire like um i mentor right now so I admire all these younger designers that they already have like five internships. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Right. Like I think it's a really good way to start. Even for me, it was like non-pay, right? Like I started like they didn't pay me for to do the work, but at least it was experience, like real world experience helping in this case the foundation. 
But yeah, to your point, I think it's sometimes beyond the project that you have uh, in college. It's like, how do you get exposure? Or like, you know, sometimes we get designers that they are building their own application. And it's like, oh, that's amazing, right? Like they're tr like they're trying outside of their just projects from college and they're like just applying somewhere else. So I think that that helps. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to, to have some experience outside of just required schoolwork because it shows, you know, to me, it shows as a, someone who employs, right? It's like, oh, you did more than what was asked of you, right? You didn't do the mm -hmm. bare minimum, right? Like if the only thing you have to show me is your group project, like I don't even know how much of that you contribute yourself versus the whole group. So showing initiative and showing like, oh, you have ideas for an app and do you want it to do that? But also at the same time, having real world, you know, whether paid or unpaid, right? Real client project shows me that you, you also have the ability to work with clients, right? If it's just your own idea, then you, you don't, you're not really challenged by a real customer necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that helps, right? When you get a, a someone that has already have that exposure, you know, they can, you know, what they, what they are expecting in that, in that end. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, like, it's fine. You have to just start from somewhere. It's not going to be easy, but once you get your first uh, opportunity, and also like as now, like going back, right? When when I hire someone, I see that like energy of I really want to do things, and it's also the attitude that they bring, and like you know, they're willing to learn. And you remember you were there, and like you see talent through there portfolio or like their interview is like yeah let's give them a chance right they they also deserve that chance too yeah yeah actually i remember you know going back to one of my very first hires you know they they came to me with they were a photographer with with a little bit of design experience you know they were applying to to my company impeccable and they showed me something and i was like okay well you know you you, you don't have a lot of experience i looked at their portfolio i gave them some feedback and good was he he came back to me many i don't know it was like a month later a couple of weeks later it was like he all the feedback i had given him he fixed all that it was like he improved it and i was like oh this is this person you know takes on feedback and is willing to grow and, and willing to <laughs> tweak and change it was like oh okay an open mind but but yeah could you give us you know as someone who manages other designers and leads other designers and and probably hires what are other things you look for when, you know, for, for people who are trying to apply and what are the things that you, you want to see? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we get uh, all sort of like good work portfolios, some like in between, but overall, like you get like people with good projects. And I think to, to your point, what we would like always to see on them for me is the attitude again if someone has a good attitude i know that person is going to be good at facing any challenges that you're going to be giving them they're going to go probably above and beyond to just keep moving they probably won't have a lot of issues with like communications right like sometimes designers don't realize they're like oh i'm the master of design and i could do these prototypes or whatever which is awesome right that's where you can get the attention but it's also about the soft skills right how do they communicate how do they speak how would they interact within a problem right if a problem happens that is like every day right you how do you do your creativity to solve that issue 
and just go through it. So again, like communication, like they are able to work with the developers, they are able to work with all the stakeholders, they're gonna be respectful, they're gonna listen to ideas, they're gonna collaborate, right? So sometimes even beyond their skills is like those soft skills that makes a candidate very different one. So to your point also, is like someone comes with, oh, I you gave me feedback and it's already here. And I see that, you know, spirit of growth, you know, that tells tells a lot for from a designer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so true when when it's like the absolutely having great design skills and visual skills and, and creating great great designs is it's almost like table stakes. Of course you have to have that, but but it's really the soft skills and can you work with other people? <laughs> the different stakeholder types can you leave your ego at the door and all that stuff is this equally as important especially the higher you get yeah yeah exactly so yeah at the beginning is like yeah you're totally gonna see in them like their skills like what are they bringing and i think staying up to date with the market right like you have to ask very basic questions around design or even like more robust just to stay stay in touch with what is happening and keep adding and applying those things into your portfolio and your process. And, you know, sometimes you ask questions about design, like specific design elements and the answers are like big, right? So it's, it's really important that they keep up reading and keep up, you know, getting inspiration and you can see that. Right. A, a growth, a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about, you know, the, the, I'm very curious and want to dig into some of the insights with the, the award-winning app. Maybe we can go back to that. You know, one of the first things you mentioned was like, you, you invested in research and, and learned a lot. What, what were some of the learnings uh, that you took out of the, the that app? And uh, is there any insights in terms of talking about mobile design or design in general? Yeah. Tips, tips and insights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think for me overall, like I work very, very closely with the, with the research team and I was like good bodies, right? Because I feel that if we don't understand the pain points from our users, like we're designing in the blind and even from a strategic standpoint, because, you know, I've been also doing the strategy, like, it's it's the it's the foundation, right? Like you have to understand those pain points and transform them into opportunities, right? Or moments of truth where you can say, okay, they're experiencing frustration at this moment, right? And I think that's also when you do journey mappings, for instance, that helps you to identify a specific area where you can say, okay, at this moment, the user feels frustration. How can we reverse that? So one of the things that uh, we were bringing with the research was not just testing like the specific features, but also having benchmarks. Mm -hmm. So we did two exercises. So one of them was every six months, right? We have important satisfaction surveys to measure, okay, how important is this feature for you and how satisfied are you? And that's where we also like find opportunities to improvement. And then the other one was one that we called diary studies, that it was like following users for a month. Uh, so if they were like using this app every like Tuesday, right? And they we went through their journey because you can also like redeem your offers during the week. 
and you can record like how do they redeeming their uh, their things at the store or like just doing them online because there's like a mix of, of ways to to do it and have that in those insights of okay what is the day of a life of this person and just getting those insights i think there were uh, those are really important and how do you translate those into opportunities i hope like at that moment i was doing more of that journey mapping because especially this one was more like omni channel where you could improve even uh, beyond it was hard though because we have partners and partners have their own experiences so it's you know you have to influence also their development <laughs> to say how can we redeem this offer within like your app and it's also a good experience but at least having or partnering with other companies that had you know a good experience for the user and not frustrating them right right yeah i mean t-mobile right is often T-Mobile products is sold at partner stores and you have different partners and, mm -hmm. and yeah, so it's multiple personas. Yeah. And that's come the, the complexity, right. And like also working <clears throat> with different, different teams because we have marketing team, we have our business development team that went through talk with the partners and get their, those insights. And actually w one thing that we brought in and I'm really proud about that too, um, Again, I was reading about design sprints by Google and I was like, hey, you know, one day I went to the director of, uh, of the program. He's like, hey, I'm reading about this. Like, why don't we implement this in the, in, within our team? And I was like, okay, Anna, let's do it. <laughs> I trust <laughs> you. So we even like, we, we had a really good agency that helped us. So with the agency, like I brought marketing, business development, uh, research, like every, like, uh, Develop, development overall and we sit at a, at, a, at a room for four days to craft a well, at that moment we wanted to redesign a, the construct of our offers and the home screen so I was like okay if I do these on my own and I don't nail it like and you know numbers go down they're gonna blame UX and I'm like no let's have everyone collaborate with with this project and it was super successful like we got a scroll rate improvements. We got a, like cl the clicks of the offers were also like boosted engagement. You know, it was like a really good project. But I think the fact that we were like all together, iterate, like thinking together, right? Like talking and knowing, okay, what do you do? What the user think? Uh, and having those sessions and then having the, the moment of iteration and like testing and testing and testing. I think we nailed that design yeah. that cascaded into a redesign of the, the whole application, which was awesome. Yeah. And I think that speaks to me of the role of the designer. You know, maybe a, a young designer might think, you know, I certainly felt that way. It was like, you know, ha having great design meant like you're the genius designer who could come up with a solution and and show and somehow it'd be magic and it would work. But really, you know, what, what you just described felt like a designer, more of a facilitator who took everyone in and considered everybody. And, and through that collaboration process, you were able to create something that was better than probably if you were working in a silo, right? Plus you, you yeah. risk your, yourself. It's like you work in a silo <laughs> and it doesn't, doesn't work, then you're screwed. But Hey, everybody was involved here and you considered everyone's opinions. Yeah, and I, and I think I always stay that with me is 
including different opinions. I know sometimes it's hard because more we have more cooks at the, you know <laughs> at the table, but at the same time you you know you have to know when to bring the right people in the right moment, right? So there there was a moment when we were designing where we were like okay let's leave this to the UX team and we we'll get back to you for like feedback, right? So it was like not all the time because at the end like you're the expert for creating UX. and crafting those experiences, right? Yeah. So that once we finish that piece it's like okay development or even when we're like just brainstorming ideas it's like hey we won't be able to build these because we don't have those capabilities and like negotiation or you always have to do some like trade-offs but like how do you better bring the experience and some sort of like innovation in place and i think that happens when also like you you are collaborative with with other team members yeah, yeah, it's so so important when you mentioned like yeah, I mean you go down this design path and but if you don't have those capabilities or you can't execute on the design, you just wasted a whole bunch of time. So making sure that you involve, exactly. for example, like engineering very early on and stuff, this is very important. And um, at the same time is you know what I always try to tell them at the beginning we brainstorm like blue sky right because you don't also want to say oh no we can because then you start like removing all the ideas no we cannot do that <laughs> we cannot do that it's like let's just think in an idea world that you can bring all these ideas and then as we progress we can start having these okay what are the barriers that we're going to be facing okay now this is not feasible like let's cut or and then you start like crafting things but I feel that if you push a little bit more, you get ways to innovate and ways to do things better. And then even like your peers, like get excited or like you show a, like a potential design and people are like, okay, if we can build that, it will be amazing. And then you get people more excited, right? Because if you shut down an idea right away, it's like almost gone. Yeah, I like to incorporate other people's ideas because frankly, you get their buy-in, right? They get more excited as if it's all your ideas, like, you know, it's very easy to shoot that down, but if it's, if you, you make them make the product, their idea, then, then you have more champions, more, more buy-in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. No, and that's a great point because at the end, everyone had like, so own, like so much ownership. ownership and pride of what we launched because everyone felt like, okay, we were there from the very beginning. Yeah. And exactly. if, you know what I mean? Like it was, everyone's baby in some way absolutely absolutely that's my little trick to to get uh, by you know it's like hey this is <laughs> we got everybody's input yeah, yeah um absolutely. when we were talking earlier you you mentioned the importance of accessibility and i think you know that that also contributed to some of the awards potentially can you talk about that yeah so you know at <laughs> that moment there was a requirement, right? For a, we have to be uh, compliance for accessibility without like knowing much at that moment, like what does that mean? But it was like, how do we provide and take a look through these group that it's in disadvantage, right? And we don't think about that when we, sometimes we're designing and start like making also changes. So for instance, if you have motion, uh, there's like just a frame of like seconds that you can create a motion or you need to add a button to pause the animation. And 
there there's some things that you have to really consider or like typography the sizes or like iconography colors all that have to be considered and I know the team I was not with them anymore at that moment but I know the team at the end was able to do like usability testing. It was like the first application probably at Timo that did like usability testing with like with accessibility. And I know like a few of my coworkers were working really hard for that and the app had to be like end-to-end accessible. So I think that really helped to have a great experience. And right now <laughs> I I I'm wearing a boot. <laughs> I'm crutches. So you know, accessibility right now means uh, means the more, right? Don't ask how this happened. But <laughs> I was I was in Orlando and I was able to go to Disney World and I was with my little car. You know, I rented a little car, and it's just amazing how can you just enjoy the whole park without like any trouble. But if you go to, I was like, where do I, where else do I can go? Because it's like, hey, do they have stairs? Do they have these accessibility elements around me. And I think you can translate that into into apps, right? Like not everyone cares about accessibility, but I think we have to think about that specific group. Yeah. There was a there was an article, the headline read that they were able to increase signups by 30% just by making it more accessible. So like there is a business benefit, right? So don't don't just even as think about it as something that you should be doing for for the good but really just to improve your business because you make your by making your app more accessible you open the doors to more people who can use the app so that's that's like you know if yeah. just for your own selfish purpose making it more accessible will will increase conversions and, and you uh, will be amazed how many people in the world needs like you know accessibility there's like different needs right like hearing vision like touch (laughs) yeah 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 just like speaking of you know as my wife and i get older we're you know we're starting to need reading glasses so like now we're kind of doing this this thing now right (laughs) and i always you know i always can tell when when i see designs from a young designer who obviously designed in a huge thunderbolt monitor and never bothered to check on the phone <laughs> because it's like it looks big on the fo- on the screen but then when you put it on the phone it's like this thing is tiny right if you're if your app is for for a younger demographic great but if you're designing for an older demographic you might want to rethink you know the minimum sizes of everything you know that's just like one example yeah um, and when you're designing like maybe depending on the product right you're designing for but for instance, like at T-Mobile was like the pool of people that you design for, right? Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, and then probably another like now the current app that I'm leading, it's probably like a different seg- segment, right? But yeah, definitely you have to think about a little bit of everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, typography, color contrast, uh, all the above. And then from development, you know, when when you don't have the ability to use a mouse uh, keyboard and considering that yeah like if your control is through through voice how, how accessible is your app mm-hmm. a, a lot of things you could consider right well as we get up on the hour do you have any resources you could recommend books or otherwise that you know that, that you're as a designer in your journey that was helpful yeah so you know one of the things that I always do is like if I'm 
facing a challenge at that moment is like, okay, what is the resource that's going to be helping me? So I have here behind me like a bunch of books <laughs> that I was like, and there, it's my library. I always like, even today, like this is, the, I can show you the one that I was using today. This one is a design thinking tool. Like and that. there's like different ways to bring exercises to, you know, your team or yourself about design thinking. I think has a lot of ideas and that's where like, you know, I go to my library. Okay. What do I need today? I was like building some like journey maps and like persona. So I was like, Hey, where are the tools that I have available? So for instance, this is, this is one, but I will always say be curious, like you read, you know, sometimes I go to medium like articles to read more. So that's where I get my, the information and my inspiration. Yeah. 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 Having being, aware of all the resources so that you can pull from them as you need them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, very cool. Well, Analara, thank you so much for taking your afternoon and uh, teaching us and, and talking about your experience. Yeah, no, thank you for, for having me. It was a pleasure to, you know, share a little bit of my experience. So thank you for, for the opportunity. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What is UX? If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you leave us a review, I'll make sure to shout it out on the show. If you have any questions, send them to questions at whatisux.co and our guest and I will try to answer them on the show. And you can always find us on whatisux.co. See you on the next one.